Well, how about that? Mm. Chris McClarney, hallelujah for the cross as... Each of these segments that Ray is teaching on today points us to Jesus through Yom Kippur. And to the cross. And I hope you heard the lyric there. You know, he was a prisoner. Hmm. And sometimes we hear God calling out to us and we're hearing through the veil of things that people have said, our parents have said, or somebody in authority has said to us. And we just, we don't get the fact that he's going, hey, you're a prisoner. Mm. You're a prisoner. No, you're trapped. No, seriously, you're trapped. And he's trying to set you free. So in Revelation, we see Jesus as the great high priest mm -hmm. in the heavenly sanctuary. And you probably never even thought about it, but we're going to think about it today. But he's walking among the seven lampstands, which are the seven churches. Mm -hmm. He had in his hands seven stars. And we talked about that at Rosh Hashanah, uh, those stars in the sky that from the very beginning picture, it was the picture of those seven churches. Right. Now, it's just not those specific churches, but the church in general is a wide picture of every facet of the church. So. Jesus in his priestly position in the heavenly sanctuary, he's the high priest, has the angels of the whole church in his hand, not just the seven first century churches in Asia Minor. He has your church in his hand. Mm. Got it? His judgments and counsel to each of the churches is important for us to focus on during the days of awe and especially the day of atonement to make sure we are not the ones he's describing. That's right. It's a minor detail, but it's kind of big. So starting at Ephesus, so each one of these letters, he introduces himself as some part of the, the priesthood, some part of the furniture in the priesthood. So you know he's Day of Atonement. So I know your works and your labor, your patience, how you cannot bear those who are evil, and you've tested them who say they're apostles and they're not, and you found them liars. So in other words, you're judging others correctly to help them and set them free. Good job. Nevertheless, I have something against you. Because you've left your first love, remember, therefore, from where you've fallen and repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick out of its place unless you repent. Mm. Now, hard words, but in other words, without love, you have no reason to exist as a church. Wow. That's it. That's the summary of Ephesus. But this you hate, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which you also hate. Now, this is the theme of all these letters. The Nicolaitans considered it irrelevant if Christians committed adultery or ate foods that had been offered to idols, since it was the soul and spirit that were important, not the deeds of the body. Now, think about what's preached in, in the world right now. Eh, it's okay. It's all right. Jude described them as certain men who have crept in unnoticed, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness, defile the flesh, reject authority, speak evil of authority. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. Mm -hmm. So this is a theme that's going to go all through these is, is anybody telling you, whispering in your ear, you know, sin is okay. You're covered. You got, you're okay. So to Smyrna, fear none of those things which you're going to suffer. Behold, the devil is going to cast some of you in prison. You're going to be tested. You'll have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful to death. I'll give you a crown of life. They're doing good, but they're suffering. To Pergamos, I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Sounds familiar, but to eat things sacrificed to idols, to commit fornication. So they're all the same theme. So you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly, will fight against them with the sword of my mouth, which I'm just guessing is not a good thing. 
to Thyatira. I know your works in love and service and faith and your patience and your works, and the last are more than the first. So, you know, if you're in a really strong church, you're doing great, everything's good, or you as a person, as a Christian, is doing all these great things, God's, he's, he's still saying, okay, wait, wait, the only thing you didn't notice is you're in prison. Wait. Mm. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, mm. who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, to eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication. She did not repent. Behold, I'm going to cast her into a bed. Those who commit adultery with her and are great into, and with her into great tribulation, I'm going to cast them, unless they repent of their deeds. And I'll kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I'll give to every one of you according to your works. Now, here's what concerns me, and the reason it's part of this teaching. Jezebel calls herself a prophetess. So that means these are ministers and pastors. These are leadership people in churches. And they're teaching that sin is okay. We actually have that in our own city. That's in probably many, many, many cities. But what they're saying is you don't need to repent because mm. you're, you're covered by grace. Listen, mm. you're good. You're good. Ezekiel 3.18, when I say to a wicked person, you'll surely die, and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. Wow. This year, Jezebel is very present, going to be very easy to recognize, but just, just, just to open your eyes a little bit to part of her strategy. To Sardis, I know you works. You have a name that you live, but you're dead. Mm. Boy, and that's a hard one. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you've received and heard. Hold fast and repent. If therefore you do not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. That's not good. And you'll not know the hour I come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. They shall walk with me in white, for they're worthy. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white garment. And I'll not blot out his name from the book of life but I'll confess his name before my father and before his angels. And that's another theme here is this is not just, I love you, you're in a prison, I want to take you out. It's, listen, <laughs> this is getting bad. I blot your name out of the book of life. So God has come because it's become to the point of their, their, their eternity. Uh, Philadelphia, because you've kept the word of my patience, I'll also keep you from the hour of trial. Hold fast. Let no one take your crown. I mean, let me just read that because it's important. Because you've kept the word of my patience, I'll also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which you have so that no one takes your crown. Hmm. I mean, think about that. There is a strategy against you that's been laid, and it's to take your crown. You don't want that. Mm-mm. Later to see you. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I mean, it means you, you've never, you may have said, you might have said a prayer, but you never went anywhere from there. Hmm. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'll spew out of my mouth because you say I'm rich and increased in goods, have need of nothing, and do not know that you're wicked and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment that you may be clothed. And you're going to see white clothes as part of the whole theme of the Day of Atonement. But it's after Labor Day. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only acceptable time. And the shame of your nakedness may not appear. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. So what he's saying is, you know, your heart is lying to you. Mm. You think you're okay, but you're not. Which means you need to hear from someone else. 
you're not hearing, you're not seeing right. Let my voice, let the Holy Spirit speak into it that God is for you. He can change you if you just see yourself rightly. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. He also said to Philadelphia, it'll take 2,000 years, but you'll win a Super Bowl. <laughs> a championship is coming. <laughs> Hebrews 412 says...